not proud, but that was me. And when I face it, I take back a little dignity. Not looking for excuses, I just want to be free from the power weakness head on. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Bubble Hour, where real people tell real stories of addiction and recovery. I'm Jean McCarthy. I write the blog Unpickled. I tell my story there of life after alcohol since my very first day of sobriety in 2011. So that is 10 years that I have been writing about what it's like to be sober. And I hold space for your stories here. And lately I've been holding space for nobody because I have taken off the summer and uh, also took off the fall. And now we're all the way into December. So somehow my summer vacation extended into December. And I'm not quite sure how that happened, but I gave myself permission to rest, which is something I am always encouraging other people to do. And I guess it was time that I took my own advice. So when I thought that it was time to come back and start doing shows again, I realized I just wasn't ready. I just wanted some more time because you know what happened when I took off some time this summer? What would you do with an extra day a week, right? You'd fill it up with stuff you love to do. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, Magically, my time filled up with other things. And I just wasn't ready to give those things up yet and return to weekly production. It's caused me to just give some thought to things. And if you stay tuned to some future episodes, I will explain to you what's going to be happening going forward on this podcast. But on this episode, I just wanted to give you an update about my summer vacation, which seems so long ago, I'm sure now, as we're all getting ready for winter. But sobriety really served me well during this downtime. And I thought this was a great chance to share some of that, talk about it with you, let you know how that felt for me. One thing I really embraced during my quiet time, in addition to writing, which as you know, I thoroughly enjoy, I also spent a lot of time doing art projects. And if you go on my Instagram, which is Jean McCarthy Writes, you'll see some projects I did this summer. I was fascinated with pine cone art, and we spent a lot of time in the woods in central northern Alberta. So I have a lot of pine cones to deal with up there, and I got into cutting them and painting them, uh, which makes them look like flowers, and then gluing them onto various projects. And I made all this beautiful pine cone art that I put around our place out in the woods and I don't know, this was kind of hilarious. I, I really, really got into this. It took a lot of time. We came back to our home for a little while, and then we went back out to the woods, and I discovered that the squirrels had dismantled my pine cone art and ripped apart the pine cones and eaten the seeds out of them. So they really didn't care. And it almost looked like someone had like devoured a birthday cake or something. So there was all these colorful, painted, busted pine cones all over the place. So that was kind of funny. My husband and I did something that has been a dream of ours for a long time. And that was to drive our van across Canada. And we spent 30 days in our van, sleeping in our van, eating our meals. Most of our meals were in the van. And we we traveled across the country. So we live in Alberta. And I know a lot of our listeners are in the US. So look up Alberta on your phone to see where I am. We're just north of Montana. And so we drove from here all the way to the very tippy tip east coast, which was St. John's, Newfoundland. 
And that was fantastic. We explored tons of places along the way and it was just so good, but it was also tricky, you know? And it was one of those times where I really felt like sobriety served me really well. In fact, there was a lot of times during this trip where I had to reflect on how different this would have looked if I had been still drinking at least heavily, if not problematically, versus being sober. Because there was always that management problem of how to get enough alcohol on board, when to have it, how to have it, how to excuse it, or how to frame it in a socially acceptable way, which meant making sure all the people around me were doing something social so that there was a reason for it to be including alcohol. And as Now, as a person whose life is free from alcohol, I'm free from the hassle of trying to always fit it in. And it was interesting to travel with my husband, who's a normie. He he does drink the occasional beer. He probably drank more when I was drinking because I was always framing it for him, teeing him up so that I could facilitate my the way I wanted to drink as well. But anyway, he he could take it or leave it. It really wasn't burdensome for him to be on this trip. He wasn't trying to like cram alcohol into every corner of the van like I would have been doing if I had been drinking on this trip. I, there would have been boxes of wine in every corner. But of course, a little van, I mean, you barely have room for the clothes that you need. Uh, we took very minimal food. We picked up what we needed in grocery stores along the way. So this would have been a real problem if I had to figure out how to fit alcohol into this trip. To not have it was just so wonderful. And I often thought, gosh, right now I would be worried about trying to get alcohol for the night, trying to, you know, make sure that we stopped. Or as the afternoons wore on, when I was a regular drinker, I would be starting to feel half anticipation looking forward to alcohol, but also half anxiety worrying about how it was going to work out for me, right? Like, oh, now this is happening. Well, this is going to get in the way of drinking. Oh no. Like now a neighbor's dropping in. Great. Now I can't do this. Oh, now my child needs a ride somewhere. Oh, great. Well, now I can't drink until I've driven them. It was always a management issue. And when you're in a little van, 21 foot van, two humans and everything that we needed to live, you know, there's not a lot of room to hide your bad habits or your anything. I mean, they're just, there's just no room for those layers of BS, you know? So it was just so nice not to have to worry about that, to not worry about the physical management of it, the emotional management of it, the logistical management. It was just great. I just felt so free and it took a while to embrace that freedom. As an anxious person, I like to know what's going to happen next. And we literally would wake up every day, not exactly certain of where we were going to get to that night. The kind of van that we have, you don't need plug-ins. You don't need hookups. We could just find a safe place to park anywhere and spend the night. So we didn't really have to plan ahead or book ahead or know too much where we were going. We basically looked at the weather forecast and the area that we were going to. And we sort of had a loose plan that we made every morning trying to figure out where we could stop to get groceries or if we needed a shower, which we had a shower on board, but uh, we prefer if we could find a campground with showers. Occasionally that was something we looked for was, okay, do we really stink? We need a shower today. 
it took a while for me to unhook from the need to know what every day is going to be like and to just embrace that moment to moment, I could be that free. And the biggest decision I honestly had to make was, am I going to put on mascara today? If you know me, you know, that's a big deal. That was pretty amazing. As a Canadian, it was really fantastic to embrace becoming familiar with my country as a whole. I have seen most of the country. I've been in uh, almost every province, but to travel across it physically is different than to fly, right? Sometimes when you land in a place, you know where you are when you're landing in an airport, but you don't know what it feels like to get there. You don't know what the vastness of the space in between you is like, or even sometimes geographically, when you're looking at a map and negotiating your way on a road to a place, that's a, that's a different kind of awareness of the space that you're in, that you have versus just landing there by plane. So that was really wonderful. And People were fantastic everywhere we went. Of course, 2021, very much in a pandemic in Canada. It was the fourth wave. I know it's different everywhere you go right now, different levels of restrictions or even different levels of awareness that we are in a global pandemic. But here in Canada, I would say we're very much aware of it. And our country was just very considerate, I would say, as a whole. Our country just felt like everyone was looking out for each other and trying to do the right thing and be kind. And it felt really good to not just be part of that, but to to move among it. it was really lovely. This country is beautiful, just physically beautiful, but the people are really lovely too. I had a really interesting sense as I drove across the country. My grandfather was an immigrant who came from Scotland when he was 18. At the turn of the century, the turn of the last century, and to drive across the country, uh, especially on the Trans-Canada, which pretty much follows the old rail lines, was to sort of see what he experienced as he traveled across this country in reverse and then coming home to really see what he saw as he traveled. And it gave me a chance to imagine what it might have felt like to experience this for the first time. And to try as a young, to envision how he might have felt as a young person coming to this country. And so to have the emotional heart space to imagine that was really good to not be distracted by, as I said, like that internal ticker tape kind of dialogue of the demands of alcohol or the emotional roller coaster of the daily thoughts and physical ride of physical addiction to anything was really great because it just gave me so much space to pay attention and to think and to embrace, to be a good partner to my husband. And as I said, that's not that easy when you're stuck together in a van, you really find out a lot about yourself and each other. Took a bit of practice to realize what some of my little quirks were that might not be that pleasant to live with and to examine, "Hmm, how can I, how can I be a little nicer to be around? When I'm a bit grumpy that I'm hungry for lunch and he isn't, I have learned that physically that turns me into a bit of a bear and makes me pretty grumpy. And to learn to deal with that within myself by, I don't know, go get a handful of almonds from the cupboard versus be cranky that I need to stop for lunch and he doesn't. There was just so many great little things like that that were interesting to observe and tend to and embrace 
our teamwork was really fun. It was it was very neat for us. Um, of course, our story is that my husband and I are in our mid fifties. We've been together since we were young, youngish teenagers. I guess seventeen and nineteen. We kind of have feel like we've grown up together. We know each other so well. But this was really interesting. This was an adventure that we embraced together, but also that we adapted to the demands of this process together. This this business of living in a van and driving across the country together took some adaptation. And we were really, I think, quite proud of ourselves that we had so much fun. We looked out for each other and that we tried to grow as a couple by Oh gosh, we didn't talk about it that way. That sounds really like not us to talk about it that way. Of course, we don't talk about it. (laughs) You know, the thing with the van is you can't get past each other without some negotiation. Literally, if he was standing making himself a, a coffee or a sandwich and I needed to get past him to get my socks from the back, I had to announce that and negotiate a move and politely get around him. That requires a lot of communication. You know, those shows, those cooking shows, the chefs in the kitchen are all yelling at each other what they're doing all the time. I don't know if that's really what it's like to work in a in a restaurant kitchen, but sometimes that's how I felt when we were just going about our business in the van, having to get past each other. I might be standing there reading a text and then I'd realize that he was standing in front of me needing me to move. And yeah, you just have to pay attention. You say what you need. And that's some big time communication, just physically moving around each other all the time. But we just laughed a lot and we were extending such kindness to each other. And it was just great. It was really, really a great experience. You know, for all the years when I dreamt about doing this trip and going across the country, I always had in my mind that I would manage to stop and visit people along the way because I know that there are listeners from coast to coast and I would love so much to connect with you in person. So that was kind of hard to know that wherever I went, there might be somebody there who I had a connection with and if I had just been able to come and say hi, meet you in person, meet for coffee, go for a walk. We've talked about this for a long time, that we would do this camping trip and that Ross would go golfing and I would find friends wherever we went. Of course, as it turned out, we spent a lot of time driving every day. And when we got where we were going, we were stinky and tired and probably not really fit for human interaction. So I'm going to have to figure that out for some time in the future. I know that wherever I go, I've can phone a friend or find a friend and post and meet people because I've done it. I have traveled to Rome and posted I was going to be in Rome and met with a Bubble Hour listener there of all places. Uh, Across the U.S., I've met up with people. It's just been amazing. And I would love to do more of that. I hope that the future holds that, but this is not the year for that. So I want you to know that I was thinking of you as I went along. And I was really enjoying the freedom from the demands of doing a weekly podcast. And you guys, I didn't realize what a heavy load this was until I took a break. So I've been doing this for, uh, it's eight, I guess, eight years that I've been doing this now, every week. And I love it, but it takes a toll. And if you know people that start podcasts, most people don't do it for more than a year or two because it's just so much darn work. So. I love you all, and I confess to you, it felt really good to take a break. 
So I just wanted to share with you that I've been gone, but I've been having a really great time. I've been doing things that I love and I've missed doing this, but it's been a good break. What I have been doing behind the scenes, however, you know, this podcast has got 300 plus back episodes. And what I've been doing to work on that is I've been downloading them to make sure they're saved and documented. I've been transcribing them through a transcribing program so that I have them in print as well. And I'm going to be doing some cleanup because some of this audio was recorded so long ago, we used to record by phoning in and there was no editing, no cleanup. And uh, some of those old episodes could really use a bit of uh, TLC. So there's been a lot of computer work behind the scenes doing cleanup on the back catalog and trying to figure out what do you do with 300 episodes of a podcast that are still useful and relevant. So my plan right now is that I'm going to go walk my dog and enjoy a little time outside before I go to my art class, because now I'm taking evening art classes, much better than drinking wine on the couch and feeling bad about myself. Instead, I'm out meeting interesting people and expanding my skills and my brain space. I will be recording a couple of more episodes for the end of the year, and then I am going to spend the remainder of the next little while working on the next season. So you'll get a few more episodes of the Bubble Hour, then there will be another lull, but I haven't ghosted you, I promise. I haven't gone anywhere. I haven't uh, fallen off the wagon or stopped caring or ceased to exist. I'm here. I'm working on things behind the scenes. And season 10 will be out in the near future. So that's all for now. I hope you are doing well. And I hope you're finding good resources to keep you strong, good ways to connect. And I hope that recovery is working out for you. If it's not, don't give up. You are not alone. This is not an easy thing we're doing. If if it were easy, well, we wouldn't have podcasts to talk about it, right? I mean, this is hard. This is a hard thing. It's a big thing that you're doing. It's a life change. And it's an important thing. It's simple. Quit drinking. But it's not easy. It's a big change. And it's worth it. And you're worth it. So that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. And until next time, take good care.
Just want to 